This is the Pennyworth Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Pennyworth Season 3, Episode 4, Silver Birch. Oh dear. It's okay. What's Plan B? Plan B, sir. Plan B for when Plan A goes completely in haywire, there's always a Plan B. Mr. Pennyworth was very confident in his plan, sir. Those were machine guns. I do see your point, however. Having a Plan B, or if I may call it, a backup plan, might have been helpful at this juncture. (laughs) We're all going to jail. But I still think it's too early to give up on Plan A. This fan isn't bulletproofed. Should have bulletproofed the fan. That lightweight alloy I've been developing. Four, no, five millimeter sheeting. All around. That's it, sir. You think about that. I'll start the engine. Welcome back, fellow governors, to our fourth episode of Pennyworth Season 3, Silver Birch. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow governors. I am one of your other hosts, John. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Just covering one episode this week, John. Yes. Kind of nice, isn't it? It is. It's great. I'm glad they're releasing them weekly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really nice to do that. Uh, lots of other shows uh, come out all at the same time, uh, and it's much more difficult. And we're down to the last episode of two of our other shows, John. We've got just the finale of She-Hulk Attorney at Law and the finale of Lord of the Rings Rings of Power. Yes, so fellow governors, if you want to enter into the world of Middle-Earth or Marvel, mm-hmm. head on over to TV Podcast Industries. Dot com where you can subscribe on any good or evil podcast catcher mm-hmm. of your choice to those shows. Um, yeah, absolutely. Or any straight laced or groovy podcast catcher, well, that's true. as we always used to say in the Pennyworth podcast. Yes. Yeah, all of our episodes for all of our shows are available on tvpodcastindustries.com um, or TV Podcast Industries on any podcast catcher you use. Uh, we'd also love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can email us t- with your thoughts about Pennyworth to our Royal Mail feedback section. You can email us to feedback at TV podcastindustries.com or pop over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. Uh, we are recording these episodes in advance and um, so we will talk about your feedback on the next episode of the Pennyworth podcast. Excellent stuff. Let's get into it John. Yes let's get in with our spoiler filled discussion of episode four of Pennyworth Silver Birch. Derek what are some of the episode details? Well, the episode was written by Hannah Boshi. Uh, she wrote two episodes last season, and this is the first of two episodes that she wrote this season. Excellent stuff. Yes, they really keep it in the Wayne family, don't they? They do. They do. It's really important uh, to keep uh, all the team together. That was very evident from uh, from Gotham that um, showrunner Bruno Heller likes to keep a, a good group of people around him, keeping them involved, keeping them writing. And it's the same for the director. The director of this episode is John East. Who, it is the fifth episode of Pennyworth that he's directed. And he also directed episode three, the one we, uh, we reviewed last week. Excellent stuff. Mm. John, do you want to tell us what that gave us with your synopsis for Pennyworth season three, episode four, Silver Birch? Sure. Alfred Pennyworth has woken up on the right side of Sandra Onslow's bed this morning, but he's missed all the trouble at the Wayne house. While Sandra's PR team circle her for press engagements, Alfie gets himself over to work at the Queen Anne's Revenge. Soon after arriving, Patrick Wayne turns up with a job for him. His son, Thomas, is locked up in the Tower of London. With the help of some impressive gadgets from Lucius Fox, 
getaway driving from Mr. Chandley and the loved-up brute force of Davy Boy, Alfie stands to earn a cool million pounds to break him out and put him on a plane back to Gotham. He had a pretty good plan, but the guards are onto them too quickly, and Prime Minister Aziz puts out a warrant to arrest Alfie, knowing he's at the centre of the breakout. With Thomas refusing to leave his family, and corrupt CIA officer Virginia Devereux calling for her men to finish the job and kill Martha, it could have been a very bad day. Luckily, Alfie anticipates the double crosses and has Prime Minister Aziz arrest the lot of them. As Dave Boy's part in the job is done, he goes to meet his new posh girlfriend at the art gallery she works at, owned by eccentric artist Francis Fuchs. Meanwhile, with Martha safe after her ordeal under the protection of Prime Minister Aziz, Mrs Pennyworth meets a new possible love interest, and a mass buyer contacts Dr Glub to persuade the hallucinogenic-making scientist to work for him. You know, we often say sharing the podcast is sharing the love, and this week on Pennyworth, there was lots of love being shared, wasn't there? There certainly was. <laughs> there certainly was. We're going to talk about our major points, our major moments from the episode that, uh, that we found a bit of fun uh, in the episode, some things that, that went down, some uh, enjoyable moments, but overall, uh, I'll definitely say this uh, this episode, episode four, was a really good self-contained episode. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it, loved loved the story, what was going on here, uh, the, the job that the boys have is is all contained within the episode and there's you know still some really intriguing things for the rest of the season but it does feel like they've they've really got a good a good passer with this with this episode yeah definitely mm. definitely let's talk about the love lives i think that's a good place to start yes our first point love lives of alfie dave boy and mrs p mm. yes uh but, well i mean look for me um i thought dave boy in this episode was just hilarious at first, you know, sneaking out after a fling, but waking up um, his new girlfriend that he met at the, the funeral. Uh-huh. Um, Sally. Yeah. Sally, yeah. Who asks him on a second date to an art gallery, and he's kind of like, I don't really think so. And then when <laughs> she kind of says that it's a date, yes. Well, yeah, I, I love, again, it's Dave Boy. So, so it's, are you effing kidding me? Yeah, well, no, exactly. <laughs> the, the the words that he uses, and Sally describes it as a multimedia critique of the normative, <laughs> as yes, if that was exactly. going to encourage Dave Boy even more. Uh, but you're right, again, uh, love Ryan Fletcher this season. Again, he just has those great comedy moments. I don't know why I found it so funny, but just him coming climbing out of bed with one sock on uh, and one shoe on, I think, and he finds his other shoe and sock on the other side of the bed from where he's sleeping it's just it's just this <laughs> moment where he's trying to get himself out of there without disturbing sally and then falls back on the bed waking her up as well just well just it, love this moment it's even whilst they're on the mission as well where he's talking about the <laughs> weird sex from the previous night uh-huh. with sally where he was being asked to give sex names yeah and his well, his sex name for Sally was Bastard Wee Hun, um, <laughs> which I guess she enjoyed. She asked him on a second date. Well, yes, yes. Uh, I was wondering whether that was just the shortened version of honey or whether that was like the Scottish term, Yahun, which is like a reference, a to, reference Germans to Germans. From, yeah. I think First World War. First World War, yeah. yeah. So I was wondering whether he was really just digging into the back of his mind to pick out something really evil to call her. And then he came out with, with your bastard. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm assuming it might be Honey. Maybe. The shortened version of Honey. But he is ex-army, so yeah. it could also be um, 
the the term for a German soldier. Yeah, I wonder, yeah. I, I, as I say, I was just wondering if he was just completely taken by surprise and uh, and um, shouted out the most evil thing he could think of well, from it, his yeah, mind. It, Is that what I'm supposed to do here in this situation? And I think <laughs> you know, finally on this sort of roller coaster ride for Davy Boy, and mm-hmm. um, it is the fact that you know. He, him and Sally trap Sandra at the pub as they're having sex in the bar mm-hmm. after it's uh, lights out and, and it's closed. Yeah. So you know, Alfie sort of walking in on them and Sandra, having been there earlier, heard them and decided she better not interrupt them uh, and, and <laughs> so she's in order to leave. Yeah, so yeah. she's stuck upstairs, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there was also a, a bit of a weird moment with Sally when she did go on the date with Dave Boy to the, uh, to the, um, the art gallery. She seems to really like presenting him around to her friends she was really excited about presenting dave to her friends um we yeah. do get the moment where where we meet this uh the the owner of the art gallery uh francis fuchs um i'm going to be really careful how i say how i say <laughs> yeah, his name definitely. um but she seems to be really wanting to show off dave boy even yeah. though he's arrived in his outfit from the job they, <laughs> yeah. they pulled earlier on. So he looks really out of place, uh, even more out of place than Dave Boy would be in that situation. He's not even wearing his suit that he'd normally wear. He's wearing this uh, the costume, effectively, that he wore uh, on the job. So uh, I thought that was really interesting that she was effectively willing to accept everything that Dave Boy was saying. Maybe it's because he's so different from all of her friends. He's so unusual, but they do call out that they're all aware of what he did at the funeral yeah um him standing up and giving the eulogy for jessica thistle at her parents uh funeral and claiming that he's the one that killed her uh, in front of this whole crowd it's like as if sally's crowd thinks this was some kind of art demonstration yeah, that, exactly that dave boy was doing so just thought that was interesting so I, yeah absolutely yeah. i love the fact that he turned up at the gallery for the second date with the Beefeater outfit. Yes, as well. yes, really that's, the, that's the outfit I was trying to think of from from the job. Uh, quickly, just to just to say, you've you've already mentioned uh, Sandra Onslow um, there. So uh, Sandra and uh, Alfie are back together, but on different terms. Uh, Sandra yeah, now definitely. has now is a famous singer. Uh, is surrounded by uh, all a full PR team. So. When they're there, no time for Alfie. He's out the he's out the door. Uh, she's he's well, got to go. Much, so much more self confident. Yeah, you know, Alfie recognizes that she's changed an awful lot mm-hmm. since being you know the daughter to the bar owner and yeah. landlord. That's Sidon's yeah. yes. And um, you know, it's really interesting. And she kind of makes you don't seem to have changed a bit. And he says, "Well, I have in certain ways, yeah. you know, but in in a sense." You know, Alfie to her is very much the, you know, the happy go lucky, very sure about people and, and what they do and how he can best exploit that. So mm-hmm. that was kind of quite interesting. And yeah, Sandra at the end trapped in the Queen Anne's revenge. Uh-huh. Um, then again, they're renewing this relationship to some extent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but but it is it's it's very interesting the change in dynamic. I do also love a great moment as well from Jack Bannon here, where he's stuck in the bed, presumably naked, but at least with most of his clothes off, and all of her PR team have walked directly into the bedroom, and he's just sitting there wondering, are they going to say anything about him? And he has to 
sneakily get out of bed and dress in front of all of them and no one pays him any mind at all. He's the centre of his own universe. This is a show all about Alfie Pennyworth, remember? He's the centre of his own universe and nobody could pay any mind to Alfie at all in that room. They're all there for Sandra. Exactly. Uh, I just enjoyed that. Last one of our loving couples, I guess, is uh, is Mrs. P, who didn't seem to cancel her subscription to... uh, the lonely, the lonely hearts, hearts exactly. <laughs> uh, and we get old Roger turning up um, for for a date with some flowers. Yeah. To me, the, the funniest part about this is the fact that she's going to the door with the Beretta pistol that oh, Alfie yeah. has told her she should keep on on herself because uh-huh. of everything that's happened to Martha uh, and with Thomas Wayne so mm-hmm. that she can protect herself. And she's got their daughter as well she's looking after the daughter little sam yeah so i love the fact that she goes to the door with the beretta uh pistol and uh is then kind of having to excuse me a minute and puts it in her apron yeah um but ultimately she's not interested but she brings him in Mm -hmm. and i like the fact that things develop you know she she effectively invites him in just solely because he's got to get a long bus ride back yeah. and to offer him a cup of tea and a few biscuits. And they, they kind of hit it off. Yeah. But Alfie ruins this, I think, quite harshly as well. And I'm totally with Mrs. P here mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, he he's wondering why she's doing this. And he, he's just kind of a bit rude to old Roger. Absolutely. It's been five years, yeah. you know. And again, it can't be overstated what she did actually put up with with her former husband. You know, she loved him, obviously. You get you get that. But it's just reiterated again when Roger here is saying that, you know, the whole world knew about his wife uh, cheating on him because she cheated on him with someone famous. So he's been stuck in this kind of circular situation as well, where everybody knows the horrible thing that happened in his life. And then he looks over his shoulder when Mrs. P points out her husband and uh, f- remembers exactly who he is. He's the person that tried to kill the prime minister and the yeah. queen, um, you know. And I love the kind of joke from Mrs. P that, well, he's died twice as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Uh, so she had a very unusual life and everybody knows about it too. So um, if there was someone that uh, that she could go on a date with, this seems like the right person for her. And Alfie is very harsh about it because, as he said last week, it's protective son, ultimately. Well, yeah, she's she's not a uh, she's not a woman. She's my mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's basically his idea. So, uh, yeah, um, I'd like to see uh, Roger back again. I, I kind of like the idea of uh, of someone that's um, that has gone through something similar. Uh, Mrs. P having very big problems uh, with the dating scene in the past. So that'd be nice. Yes, I'd like to see it. They I'd, would. I'd like to see a reason for Mrs. P to stay in the UK when Alfie goes off to Gotham because he will eventually. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, let's get on to the major kind of big point about the episode, the big job for Alfie and the boys. Yes. Because this all comes from the end of last week's episode where uh, Thomas effectively uh, tried to kill Martha because he was under the influence of the hallucinogenics. And if it wasn't for Mrs. P again, uh, stopping him, banging him over the head with a with a vase or a vase, uh, whichever takes your fancy, um, he may have succeeded. And he's been sent to the Tower of London. Now, Tower of London in real world is the most secure place in the UK, or at least what would have been back in the 60s and 70s. Cause well, uh, it's I would say at least where the crown jewels are kept, yeah. it is hugely secure. It is, alas, not a prison. It is not. No. Not today. But, you know, it's it's the symbolism of, of that within the show. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's a good location to have the, you know, the prison um, for for Thomas Wayne. Yeah. 
Um, and we had seen that last season. We'd seen it being used as a prison last yeah. season where um, where a number of members uh, of the Raven League were put into um, the uh, the Tower of London, including Peg and, and Bet. Uh, yes. They were both in there. And uh, Harwood. Yeah. yeah. For me, I was just surprised that Alfie took up the offer to do this, Million effectively quid. to break him out of the <laughs> Tower of London. I, I understand a million quid. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of money that Patrick Wayne is offering here. Mm-hmm. But also, he's not telling his handler, Virginia Devereaux, mm-hmm. about this plan. And he just wants to protect his son. But what I quite like is that Alfie is rationalizing this in his mind that, you know, he will be hunted and tracked by the police for the rest of his life for breaking Thomas out of the tower. Mm-hmm. It's also, he doesn't really trust Patrick Wayne. But with the offer of a million and what we see play out, he's almost experimenting with Patrick Wayne. Absolutely. He's taking it, he's doing it in order to see how it plays out, to get answers. That's how he's doing it as a a private investigator Mm -hmm. as well. So I really like that side of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also like uh, that Alfie probably could have gotten two million if he'd said that. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And then also just with the job itself, uh-huh. as I say, Dave Boy in a Beefeater outfit is hilarious. Classic. I yeah. love the fact that Lucius is testing out all these little gadgets, so a, a, um, a lock break mm-hmm. that he's using, and then the grapple gun, of which Dave Boy gets the, the short end of that rope in that he has to pull himself up of once course. Alfie has been whizzed up to the top. But I love you seeing these kind of these Batman gadgets. Absolutely. Do you know that is slightly unfair though? Uh you know, Dave Boy is in the beef eater outfit. He is in the costume that's supposed to protect them and he doesn't even get the opportunity to <laughs> to use them. Yeah. Use the uh, the uh, bat grappling gun, I guess. Well will our possible future bat yes. grappling gun. Uh he has to climb up himself, you know, he even gets up to the top, he's covered in sweat and he's got dust all over him from the climb, you know. Uh but yes, the proto uh, prototype for loads of back gadgets here. Uh, there is also a moment, a little, uh, little Easter egg in there that you might have spotted where um, the when things start to go bad, bullets are flying and you hear, hear Lucius commenting on how thin the uh, the uh, metal surrounding the van is. Yes. That If he had his way, the van would be five or six inches thick of metal. Uh, a little reference to the Batmobile that he will eventually create in the future. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was really good. I love that Chandley was involved in this as well. And I really just enjoyed um, him and Lucius having those conversations as Lucius is getting more nervous, mm-hmm. more freaked out. Uh, he starts asking about, a pl- you know, well, it, what happens if the plan A goes wrong? Is there a plan B? And like Chandler's just, well, I don't think there's a plan B, but I think we should focus on plan A first, make Absolutely. sure that's right. I just like that pitter-patter. <laughs> and then uh, ultimately they get Thomas Wayne out of the cell mm-hmm. and manage to bring him back to Mrs. P's. Yes, yes, but they don't go through with the other half of the plan because Thomas isn't willing to uh, to get on that plane to Gotham. No, and he also tells Alfie everything about the CIA and mm-hmm. Wayne Enterprises with Operation Lullaby, as yes. we hear. Yes, but they still don't know the trigger. Uh, at this point that's the one thing they don't know it it was interesting because we mentioned in the last episode that um, even though Mrs. Pennyworth heard the phone call she didn't connect the two things together didn't connect the the song of Sandra Onslow to the trigger that could have turned on um, Thomas Wayne to kill his wife she doesn't know what's going on but they've all connected it together really because of um, 
Jessica Thistle killing her parents, um, they've all connected that that's what's happened with Thomas here, that he couldn't possibly be the one that actually tried to kill his wife. Yeah, and I like that Mrs. P effectively just pulls Alfie back as well as Thomas. Um, mm. You know, Thomas wants to stay to protect Martha and his daughter. Yeah. But Mrs. P is kind of pulling Alfie back as well um, to not put Thomas on the plane. You know, for those same reasons, you, you'll be hunted down. But also it, it moves it to Alfie's advantage because that he then enacts a plan in order to find out maximum information mm-hmm. when he goes back to Patrick Wayne in order to say he's got his son ready for the plane. Yeah. It's it's only cut short because Thomas is impatient and comes in. And, I mean, ultimately, they're at gunpoint, but at Mrs. P, he's obviously gone and phoned Prime Minister Aziz to protect Martha, but to have the police on standby to come in and arrest everyone in the house. Exactly. So I really like that. I loved Virginia Devereaux slapping Patrick Wayne about it. It felt so really slapstick comedy. I loved it. <laughs> it's um, so good. I must say, I did laugh a, a lot um, at that yeah. when she finds out that he's busted Thomas Wayne out of the, the prison. Mm-hmm. It's also just as a result of that, there's now that, that Martha is alive we need a scorched earth policy mm-hmm. uh, as she sends in CIA operatives to kill um, Martha. Yeah, yeah. Talking about slapstick, I did like uh, when all the CIA guys or the two CIA guys walk into the room <laughs> yeah. and all the guns are pointed at them when they arrive. Definitely. Uh, I thought, that was, thought that was a good little good little moment as well. Um, anything else about the job? Anything else about, uh, about what's going on in the Tower of London and the job there? No, not really. I, th- mm-hmm. I think the only thing is, I think they didn't keep their cool long enough when the alarm actually went off. Just so leg it, lads. It was literally <laughs> just leg it. Yeah. The other thing I was wondering was, was that suit of armour an actual guard or was it just <laughs> decorative and display? I was wondering about the guy they uh, they waved to uh, just as they were going out. He looks like he's been stuck in that exact same position for the last 20 <laughs> yeah. or 30 years. I wonder, was he a member of the Raven Society that we're, we're supposed to remember from season one? That's, that's what I thought. Uh, is it somebody that was that we saw being put into the prison back in season one and he's been there for six years? Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> darn it! I really should have checked. Uh, checked closer. Uh, <laughs> was he the only person that hasn't been broken out of the Tower of London? Uh, good stuff. Uh, let's just comment on the final point. The other, the other point we need to call out really is uh, Doctor Glub, who last week we saw having that meeting with Martha Wayne, uh, arranging the uh, the buy effectively of his knowledge for uh, creating these hallucinogens that can allow people to be controlled. Uh, this week he's trying to contact Martha, and of course he can't because Martha's been taken out um she's yeah she's uh, having surgery and recuperating well she's still unconscious in in the hospital yeah at least we know she's she's good that was called out she we know we know she's well you know she will recover uh, after that surgery but dr globe is calling um this the central office uh trying to find uh martha and gets a call back from an unknown voice on the other end. Well, exactly. Yeah. I, 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 at this moment in time, I'm thinking it's John Salt. I think that's likely. He's the most likely person who's looking yeah. for a new weapon to take down the, the new English government or the English government uh, who who thwarted him last, uh, last season. Well, um, absolutely. But what a weird ending, can we just say? With the meeting of um, Dr. Globe and his c- contact uh, wearing 
basically the mask of V from V for Vendetta. Yeah, DC crossover. is a DC comic. Yeah, Yeah. it is is a comic that was printed uh, by DC. So, Which is representative of Guy Fawkes. Yes. And so the only thing I'm wondering is, is it that John Salt has appropriated that in Mm -hmm. terms of, you know, rebellion or looking to go against the current government Mm -hmm. like Guy Fawkes or... I, I feel that would be strange, but nonetheless, Glub hasn't actually met his that contact willingly because he is bound and with a, a bag over his head. That's right. You know, as he says, this wasn't the arrangement. So this is very interesting. I and mean, it feels like how the Ravens would op- operate. It is. Um, but it was interesting having that s- such iconic mask yeah. pop in the darkness of that cell. I thought it was kind of really interesting, actually. It was, and and it's just how awkward it is to explain what that is to the audience, you know? So we're watching a brand new show that's set in roughly the 70s um, in the DC world. So you've got the connection to the comic book V for Vendetta, where they could have gotten the mask from. Is it representing that, even though that's set in the 80s in in the DC comic universe? Um, Is it connected to the movie? For some people will see it instantly and go, I recognize that mask from the movie. And then some people will see it and recognize it from Anonymous, the uh, the hacking group that took that on as their icon. Uh, that mask has been seen all across the world in so many places. So it being so iconic seems like a really weird choice for this show to put it into this 70s set. Exactly. I mean, the only drama. thing is, is that in V for Vendetta, V is fighting an authoritarian yes, yes. regime yeah. in the government of Britain in the 80s. Yeah. Whereas we're hoping here in Pennyworth that the government led by Aziz mm-hmm. replaced that. So yeah. whether it's that just counter use of it by John Salt. So it'd be interesting to understand this more because it mm. really was right at the end and it was like, Oh my goodness, that's the V-mask. That's the V-mask, definitely. <laughs> it's a really odd one, but uh, but an interesting choice. Hopefully they'll be able to do something cool with it uh, on Pennyworth next week. And that's it for the main show itself. Any uh, so. any notes, John? Any, any things you want to pull out from the episode that we haven't talked about? No, nothing uh, from my side. The only note I want to pull out uh, from the episode we saw, we saw a mention of it on the newspapers, and we also heard Aziz mention it as well. The Commonwealth seems to be breaking down. Now, the Commonwealth is a bunch of nations that effectively were connected by the UK around the world, so lots of nations yeah, that had... during the British Empire, mm-hmm. the Commonwealth is made up of former colonies of mm-hmm. the UK. Yeah. So there's the Commonwealth Games and so on. And yeah. In this world, um, there's a big summit, mm-hmm. and the, there are else tensions and strains within the Commonwealth. Yes, yes. Um, the Queen was the head of the Commonwealth. She would have had many meetings over the years with yeah. all the Commonwealth leader, leaders. Um, here, there just seems to be a lot more tension between them as if they're trying to break away after the English Civil War has happened. It feels like the Commonwealth seem to want to break away. It's just because there were two mentions in the episode. I wonder if that's something that's going to play out as the yeah, season goes and, on. Because it, it is mentioned a fair amount, as mm. you say. So I wonder if there's anything there that maybe John Salt is influencing as well. You know, who knows? Maybe. There is this bogeyman at the moment yeah. of John Salt in the wind. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Last point, 
any any cockney moments, anything that uh, that was said in the episode that we may need to explain to our uh, wonderful uh, US listeners, since the show is only available on HBO Max in the US? Well, I am um, certainly two uh, slang terms for the police. Mm-hmm. I heard one being rosers. Yes, the rosers chasing me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yes, and the other one were plods, Absolutely. as in PC plod, yes. plodding policeman on his beat. Very good, very good. Yes, he says, uh, we we treat you plods uh, the same as everybody else over at my bar. Come on over to uh, the Queen Anne's Revenge. Um, yeah, so two two new terms for a policeman, if you uh, if you wanted any more. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff, John. Well caught. I need to start catching them every week uh, from now on. Uh, if there are any moments, any cockney slang that you did you heard in the episode and you don't understand, uh, you can always email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, if there's anything else you want to talk about, you can email us there with your thoughts about the episode. But overall, John, what did you think of this episode and how would you rate it? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed this. Um, I'd give it three and a half beef eater gin and tonics out of five. <laughs> nice. Um, really enjoyed it i i liked the self-contained nature of it mm-hmm. i thought dave boy was just great throughout this Absolutely. i'm really glad that Ch- chadley was more involved certainly in the mission i loved um just the the, the final scene with virginia devero and, and and patrick wayne as well uh, and just the intrigue of that V for Vendetta mm. mask but yeah. I, i'm not entirely sure i fully understand yet so I can't wait for the next episode. Yeah, yeah, really intrigued. Uh, do you know what one we didn't call out that I really enjoyed? What? Uh, the final meeting with Sandra and uh, and Alfie when he just kind of explains how he got away with it all. And she asks, how do you keep getting away with these things, Alfie? And he goes, well, they all just sort of decided I'd done the right thing and let me go. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the fundamental of Alfie Pennyworth throughout this show. Yeah. He knows how to work the room uh, exactly. everywhere he goes. So uh, even here when the arrest warrant was put out by Aziz for Pettyworth. They knew he wasn't really doing anything too bad, but he's allowed to walk away at the end of the day because they just sort of decided he'd done the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. We have some feedback on the first three episodes, John. Um, Excellent. Great to hear from our wonderful fellow governors. As I mentioned, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with any thoughts that you may have uh, or pop over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. One of the way get get in contact with us is through instagram we are on instagram and have been for many many years for gotham tv podcast uh, patrick lemke is back in contact with us again john excellent yeah, stuff great Welcome, to hear from patrick, patrick. Yeah. yeah patrick says listening to your podcast now did you all happen to notice hbo max's description for the season three premiere said it takes place in 1972 that changes a lot because i thought it was early 60s last season interesting yeah so yeah. it would kind of put it around um, sixty-seven, sixty-eight. Yeah, the end. The end of season um two would have been in sixty-eight. Now, I know there were little time jumps here and there uh, throughout the first two seasons. Nothing as significant as this no. five-year time jump that we got uh, in between season two and season three. But it's interesting that HBO, given that they're the new channel, have have put a date on it at all. Yeah, absolutely. Because that was something that was always avoided by Fox on Gotham. They always avoided dates. There was, you know, people were zooming in on the uh, the headlines of newspapers that were printed because trying to get an idea of what of what era it's in. But it's something that Bruno Heller and Danny Cannon, the, the original executive producers of the show, were very clear on. They didn't want people to know what year it was taking place in. They just wanted a, an essence 
of a time. And, and it was fairly kind of, it, you know, it's almost steampunk in a way. You mm. know, there was a lot of stuff that would have been quite old looking, you know, or, or like I remember they had people hanging in cages mm-hmm. during the, the Raven Union at a lot, you know, off lampposts. Yeah. Yet coupled with mobile phone, but lo- coupled with a normal landline phone yeah. from, you know, with a with the dial um, coupled with, you know, 70s, 60s, 50s looking technology. Mm-hmm. So it was always a little bit um, fluid at the time. Yeah. And I, and I always heard from Bruno Heller that he likes to keep it that way. He doesn't, he wants to have this as DC's version of London. Um, in the first series, DC's version of London in the 60s. So you can't really tell what year in the 60s and this season, DC's version of the 70s, effectively. Yeah. So uh, by saying a specific date and saying that we had a five-year time jump, you're right, it does kind of end last season in 1967. So uh, that's really interesting, Patrick. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks, Patrick. And great to hear from you again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, welcome back, f- fellow governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got an email from Coffee and Vodka. Greetings, fellow groovy, groupy defenders. <laughs> My history with Pennyworth is a bit spotty, having missed out on season two. But the move to HBO seems to have brought only a bit more blood and an F-bomb or 20 mm-hmm. into the mix. <laughs> Are there any other differences that you've noticed? I'm just glad the season wasn't caught with most of the other shows and the Batgirl movie in the latest Warner Brothers tax break moves. Mm. Corporate reality aside, the Hellaverse is a great place for tales outside of the DC continuity, such as what they're giving us here. The CIA machinations, a greedy chemist, marital lies, and proto-superpowered threats intersped as a background plot spinning around Alfred Pennyworth's world. Nothing, however, is better than Paloma Faith's Bet Sykes' laser-focused search for John Salt. Can hardly wait for their confrontation with Baby in tow. Mm-hmm. The only problem I have with the plot so far is the use of a song, which is number three on the pop charts as a trigger. Causes me to picture Thomas leaving a trail of bodies on his way home, as it's probably playing on radios everywhere, <laughs> with the wine and takeout food. Four Pennyworth pubs, bloody hits and casket flask confessions out of five peace and take care coffee and vodka i totally agree with your coffee and vodka yeah definitely the idea that you could be walking around the supermarket and suddenly (laughs) hear uh, the song playing over the radio which would be very likely in the 70s if that number three song would be playing everywhere um and you know not go wild and kill lots of people around you um yeah definitely seems like it was a surprise and i yeah other than i think I think there was quite a lot of blood and also strong language, even when it was over on epics. Um, I think the main difference is, is, you know, I think there's a a significant time jump, even though it's only six years, in the landscape of London. Mm -hmm. Like, that opening shot, like, it seems to be much more kind of skyscraper-type things within that field of view, that kind of widescreen. Yeah. But, no, I haven't. I think it's still true to bruno heller's idea that this is fairly fluid around giving it an exact time stamp um you know yeah i think he uses loads of different concepts and ideas primarily in the production and design that don't match eras you know yeah and i think in particular there was kind of an interesting uh situation with 
Pennyworth when season three was announced. Um, HBO Max was being launched and they were in negotiations with Epics to get the two seasons of Pennyworth on HBO Max. Yeah. They only came out in January, I think, of this year. They were put on uh, on HBO Max. And then the announcement that they were going to co-air them on Epics and HBO Max. I haven't heard anything, any kind of announcement that it's going to be on Epics now. Yeah. I think they've effectively bought the rights and just moved it over to HBO Max. But while under production... I think the show is still produced for epics. Okay. So we won't see a huge influx of budget into the show. Um, it still was produced under the same production company and with the same cast and, and everything else uh, that were there for epics, as far as I'm aware. So I don't think we'll see any specific, this is a HBO Max production until we get a season four, if that's uh, if that's greenlit at HBO Max. But good to see that it survived. Yeah. Uh, would be awful for everybody involved if they'd made a show and... Like what happened with Batgirl, uh, it got cancelled and not, not released. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Yes, thanks so much, Coffee and Vodka. We also got some Facebook feedback on our spoiler post for the first three episodes. Uh, first up, Victor Von Doom says, Greetings, batters. I really enjoyed the opening recaps for each episode. Bet Sykes strolling around town with a baby carriage is very amusing. I'm looking forward to her finding that fiend John Salt. Dave Boy taking the death of Jessica Thistle so hard was sad, but he may have found a lady friend. Foul-mouthed sister Susie was a hoot. We lost her too soon. Absolutely. The whole mind-control drug story is much too close to true events and very, very scary. By the way, what became of the CIA agent that was not killed at Sister Susie's? I miss seeing the Queen this season. I will have to brush up on Batman lore as I don't recall Bruce Wayne having siblings. I have some favourite quips from each episode. In episode one, Beth saying, I hate geography teachers. <laughs> and sticks and stones love sticks and stones. <laughs> In episode two, Alfie, she is not single. She's my mum. <laughs> Absolutely. And finally, in episode three, Lucius going... Lucius never get married to himself. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Cheerio, Batverse, Victor Von Doom. Yeah, some great collates there. Yeah, that's the one I keep forgetting, the, the one I keep uh, misquoting. She's not single, she's me mum. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Bet Sykes um, getting face-to-face with John Salt, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, me too, me too. It it's always sucks when we've got a season and we've got a great opener from Beth Sykes and then she disappears. So we're in, on episode four now. We haven't seen Beth since episode one, so hopefully we'll see her back uh, as she goes on that mission to take out uh, John Salt. That'll be that'll be really good. Um, the CIA agent that wasn't killed yeah. at Sister Susie's, I, I'm sure there was three that arrived. I think it was something like... As far as I remember, somebody else took out one of the agents and then um, Alfie and Dave Boy took out the other two. Yeah, I think so. It may have just happened off screen because, mm. yeah, I, uh, there, there were definitely more than two. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you didn't see the third one, so who knows? Yeah. Maybe he just heard the gunshots and went, I'm getting out I'm of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Good stuff. Thanks so much for that, Victor. Yeah, thanks, Victor. Second up... Uh, from Facebook is Jamie Lawton, mm. who says, Excellent three episodes. Love reconnecting with the characters, especially Bet, James Purefoy, outstanding and over the top as usual. Mm-hmm. Sandra in her Susie Quattro leather catsuit. Nice. Lots of memories due to the 70s setting. Susie Quattro was my first crush when I was four. I also caught a glimpse of my dad's first old car, a Ford Cortina in a street shop. Nice. Alfie says, <laughs> Gertcher, good old Cockney slang meaning get out of it, made famous by a Chaz and Dave song. 
That's right. That's Excellent. right. You know, I remember that being a bit of a catchphrase for Alfie uh, last season as well. Uh, I remember him saying it a few times last season. Yeah. Gotcha. Excellent stuff. Good catch. <laughs> Don't think we mentioned that one. Yeah, I think I missed it out uh, this season. Good one, Jamie. Uh, if you see the more, let us know. And and yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, just the vibe that is created um, in this show is really good in terms mm-hmm. of the street scenes the the club scenes you name it there's a real good kind of vibe from that era which is great yeah there really is i love i love the 70s vibe they're going for and you're right that suzy quattro outfit on uh on sandra is yeah very cool very very cool um just wanted to give a quick shout out to some of our other fellow governors uh salim and parthenia who both started watching uh pennyworth on HBO Max now that it's available more freely and more available for everybody. I think Salim was watching the first season of Pennyworth. He's now into season two uh, of Pennyworth, but he's going to be a little bit behind uh, before he gets here. Uh, Parthenia has literally started watching the first episode, first couple of episodes of uh, of season one uh, of Pennyworth. So we wanted to give them some encouragement when you get to season three, episode four. Excellent stuff. Good job. Well done. And you uh, only have a few more episodes to go this season. Yeah, excellent <laughs> After that stuff. binge watching. Uh, thanks so much to everybody that's been in contact with us. We'd still want to hear your thoughts. Uh, let us know what you're thinking of Pennyworth Season 3 on HBO Max. We will be back next week with Episode 5, Rhyme and Reason. Mmm, rum and raisin. <laughs> I like it, I like it. Uh, as John mentioned earlier on, we are also covering She-Hulk, uh, the finale, and Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, the finale this week uh, on TV Podcast Industries. So make sure you get subscribed to the main podcast feed, TV Podcast Industries, on any good or villainous podcast catcher. Yes, please share the podcast as well, because in the spirit of the 60s, sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing, sharing the, the love. love. You can also um, support us through patreon.com forward slash TV podcast industries or over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash TVPI. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time. Yeah. Thank you so much, fellow governors, for joining us. As always, remember, keep watching, keep listening and keep staying cheeky. Bye. Bye.